It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We got some major injury news about the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy showing up in concussion protocol. Let's get into that and more in this week's crossover episode with the guys from Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Locked On Bagels, another Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode as we get ready for Niners Bengals in week number eight. Shout out to all the everydayers out there that listen to Locked On 49ers and Locked On Bengals every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day after all. Today's crossover episode, as always, is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right. We've got some breaking news here as before practice, we've got some word now from Kyle Shanahan before Wednesday's practice that Brock Purdy woke up with a head injury after last week's game against the Minnesota Vikings. So as of now, Brock Purdy entering concussion protocol, there were surprise symptoms purdy started feeling symptoms on the plane ride back from minnesota and will not practice as of this recording for wednesday's practice for the 49ers so that that is a really big one christian mccaffrey got out of the game fine last week he's a full go for practice according to kyle shanahan um walk through on wednesday as uh, brock purdy's gonna have to pass some concussion protocol now which is difficult on a short week he's only got a couple of days to get ready for this sunday matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. No Trent Williams at practice, no Debo Samuel at practice. We already knew Debo was going to miss this and next week's bye week before he's uh, able to come back. And then Dre Greenlaw getting a, a vet day. And those are pretty big questions for left tackle Trent Williams and quarterback now Brock Purdy in concussion protocol being ready for the game Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I would have to imagine on the other side, Jake, that Joe Burrow's probably feeling as good as he's felt in months after a bye week with the 49ers coming off a short week. Every indication is that Joe is feeling as good as he's felt. If you have watched the way he's played throughout the season, certainly moved the best that we've seen him move in terms of uh, evading tacklers in the pocket. He sprinted backwards on a play to buy more time and had his fourth longest time to throw play, trying to extend a scramble on a third down where he starts to try to run realizes that he can't run for the first down and it's one of the weirder things I've seen literally runs back toward his own end zone to try to find time and try to make a play but yeah it sounds like he's feeling good the bye week came at a good time for the Bengals who needed a couple of key players to get healthy Orlando Brown sounds like he's feeling better tweaked a groin injury in week six couldn't finish the game sounds like he's going to potentially be okay Zach Taylor still using some cautious language around Orlando Brown's injury but Seems like that's going in the right direction and that he's a bit ahead of schedule as far as where they thought he would be this week. And then T. Higgins with the broken rib, Chidobe Awuzie with the back injury. Those guys looked nowhere near 
100% before the Bengals bye week. Hopefully that rest time has given them the opportunity to get back into game shape. Jake, you know how fans are. Uh, Brock Purdy, after after losing control of the ball a couple times uh, in the rain a couple weeks ago in Cleveland, uh, you're talking about, okay, now how big are his hands? Talking about hand size, and you know that happens a lot with quarterbacks. Is Joe Burrow getting the skinny legs treatment? Because I never really noticed, but then I started paying attention to his calves because he's got this injury. I'm like, he does have pretty skinny calves. He had some calf atrophy, I think, from okay. this injury. I think that made it look worse i think he also had the calf wrapped very tight and, and compression but but yes i mean the, the guy doesn't have jalen hurts legs by by any stretch but he also had the small hands issue uh, speaking true, yeah. of the small hands and in, in week one against the browns he, he tried to throw a ball to the flat and it just squirted out of his hand and driving rain in cleveland there you go. That's I was going to ask you, and you brought up T. Higgins, but San Francisco 49ers, their secondary guys are getting torched. So I was going to ask you, how's the health of the receivers? I hear Higgins recovering from a rib injury. Jamar Chase, everything good with him? Yeah, Jamar's been fine. He's been the most functional and by far best player on the Bengals offense this year. The Bengals offense is going through Jamar Chase. And when it doesn't go through Jamar Chase, it has been a slog. T. Higgins is having by far his worst professional year. Part of that is a rib injury, and he, he just tried to play through it. wasn't great, but he had issues before the rib injury too in the contract year. might be in his head a little bit. The Bengals have seen this recently with Jesse Bates where he admitted late in the season that the contract hanging over his head was affecting his play, and it's always possible that that can happen with guys like that, but that's a matchup where you, know, you talk about the, the secondary for the 49ers. That's a place where the Bengals need to be better, and one of the big stories is the Bengals' offense – that hasn't been very good this year and fans and even the coaches, even the players, I think need to see a little bit more in terms of results to feel like they're going in the right direction. I think there's some frustration that they're trying to work out over the self scout over the bye week Croc, with this injury news and concussion protocol for Brock Purdy. I mean, uh, are we prepared after everything? I, I, we were talking off air with Jake before we started about how Madden, how much madness there's been with, with uh, the 49ers quarterback position. Basically it's been nonstop insanity since March, 2021 when the Niners traded up in the draft. Uh, are, are you prepared Croc now to enter the Sam Darnold era? If Brock Purdy can't go. Uh, you know, I, I think Sam Darnold throughout preseason and training camp showed enough that he is competent in the 49ers scheme. Now, how confident am I, that he's going to be able to pull out a victory. I'd say, especially after the last two losses, kind of proving that you can't just go out there with anyone and win the game. And not saying Brock Purdy's anyone, but if Brock Purdy's your guy, that's your best option at quarterback and you're losing games, then that means that Sam Darnold is definitely not immune to losing games for you. And we know throughout his career, he's lost a lot of games. You have to feel a little bit more confident, especially if you you know have Trent Williams back, which again, he's still kind of hobbling right now. But I'd say whether it's Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold, I feel the least optimistic about the 49ers heading into this game against Cincinnati Bengals. Jake, I guess this is a good, as good a time as any uh, for you to get on the, on the bad side of the 49ers fans. Cause I think you had a take about Brock Purdy and the 49ers quarterback situation. Well, I, I mean, I joked with you that when 49ers fans come after me, if I said you went from one version to another version of the same quarterback. And it's not, they're different. Like we, we clarified that they have, they're, they're stylistically disparate players, but what stood out to me when I was looking at Brock Purdy this year is how often he's put the ball in danger and how often he's, he's 
thrown dropped interceptions. The Bengals have been pretty good with bringing in Aaron throws. They're, they're a defense still, right? And defenses drop interception opportunities all, all the time. But something that I, I was circling as far as the the extremes where the high end for Purdy, he can run the ball well, he can make these big plays in the Shanahan offense with the dynamic receivers. But then on the other side, he's at times putting the ball at risk. And that's, to me, something that was going to be a pivot point in this game. And I, I think some of that still pertains to Sam Darnold, where you could have extremes going both ways as far as big plays and, and living on the edge a little bit. I'd say with what we've seen from Rob Purdy so far, I think he's fairly consistent, but that is one thing that he's also consistent with putting the ball in harm's way. Uh, I think he got away with it a decent amount last year. Uh, you look at the start of this season, even looking at games like against the New York Giants where on the first drive, receivers had to play defensive back a little bit, uh, so much so that George Kittle actually did the seatbelt separation, I mean celebration on one of his uh, past breakups. You know, it's interesting watching uh, Brock Purdy because I think the things that make him good is that he's just so consistent at doing what he's asked to do. And I think what we've seen over the last two weeks is when you actually have to be asked to do more because maybe, you know, Chris McCaffrey's not out there or Debo Samuel. Then the next game, Chris McCaffrey's not, or uh, excuse me, Debo's not out there. And then the, the defense isn't playing all that well. And all of a sudden you don't have as many opportunities offensively. It almost felt like the pressure at times to be more than what he's been asked to be kind of started to get to him a little bit, and maybe he started to press just a little. So I think, and we'll probably talk about keys to victories uh, tomorrow, but one thing is, can you keep him with that slower clock mentally? Because in the last two weeks, when it has been a little sped up, and there has been a lot more on his plate, I don't think he's handled it necessarily well, and he kind of looked like a different version of Brock than we saw over the majority of his previous starts. No matter who is playing quarterback for the 49ers and uh, assuming we can uh, we can have a pretty full squad here of Cincinnati Bengals and San Francisco 49ers guys we got to talk about what those matchups will look like and what the keyest matchups are and uh, I think a huge story here is is how make or break we are with this portion of the season for both the Bengals and 49ers schedules next today's episode of locked on 49ers and locked on Bengals is brought to you by DoorDash and when it when I think of football, I think of food. It's like, okay, what kind of spread are we going to have today for the game? And for me locally, I'm 10 minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge. My favorite spot here is Pizza Hacker. And the thing with pizza places is uh, it, it it hurts if it doesn't deliver, right? You, does anybody have that favorite spot where they are, where you have that pizza place that doesn't deliver? Well, now everybody delivers with DoorDash. So I can get that sourdough crust. I can get that pizza hacker. There's one in the city. There's one up here. Uh, and so I know I'm covered on game day. And when I think football, I think food. And Jake, I'm sure Cincinnati, there's there's your favorite spots that you go to on game day for DoorDash. That's an easy skyline, Chili. The, the laughing stock of much of the nation, but a treasured favorite of Cincinnatians. Give me that Chili. I am all about it. I'm, I like I like chili. I like chili on top of spaghetti. Uh, I'm all about it. People try to talk smack about the skyline chili, dude, but dude, give me the chili all day. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, you can find all of your restaurant favorites, retail, grocery, all on the app. So shop everything you need and get ready for game day with DoorDash. And our listeners get 
50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget, that's code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, look at the schedule right now for these two teams. These, this game is important. You got the 3-3 three and three Bengals that don't want to fall below 500 with the schedule they have and, and who they're looking up at in the division right now with everybody in the North playing really well and, and for the 49ers first place in the west but coming off a two-game skid at five and two the 49ers uh, might match those Bengals three losses if they lose this game to the Cincinnati Bengals so really important game not only this week but looking ahead the 49ers uh, do have a bye and this is the Jacksonville Jaguars for the Bengals you've got what Jake you got uh, Bill Ravens and uh, got, got and, the Texans in there. Yeah, with Texans the, are in the there. Feisty, but not great Texans. And then the Steelers. So they got some divisional games after that are coming up. They get the Ravens again. They get the Steelers again. They get the Jaguars as well. So it's not easy. I think it's actually by most of the advanced metrics, the, the top SOS, strength of schedule yeah. for the remainder of the year. Yeah. So uh, you, you, you already fall in a hole if you're the Bengals, and that's not good. But what's happening right now is the Niners started so hot. And then lost two straight, kind of going the opposite direction with the Bengals on a little bit of a of a hot streak. So, uh, how are the Bengals looking right now? And, and what do you think the biggest uh, the biggest matchup is in this game for the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, I think a huge factor now is the quarterback issue in San Francisco, where you got to get Sam Darnold ready on a short week if Brock Purdy's not going to be able to go. I was thinking about this over over the break. I mean, one little bit is the Bengals have already practiced on Wednesday when that Brock Purdy news breaks. And I don't think that's a significant adjustment. I think the Shanahan, Shanahan offense is kind of going to be what it's going to be, but they spend a day preparing for Brock Purdy. And now they have to shift gears and change whatever they're going to change for Sam Darnold. But when I'm looking at the biggest matchups, because you're right, it is a key stretch. It, it's a key game for them. One of the, only a couple games preseason where they weren't favored. The other one being on the road against Kansas city. Uh, but in order to get back to where in, in the minds of many, from a perception perspective, where they were preseason, this game would be massive. And one of the reasons that I've struggled in this game to, to feel great about it from a Bengals perspective is the front for San Francisco could just wreck the game on their own because it's not just Bosa, right? Everybody likes to talk about Nick Bosa, but Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead on the inside and where the Bengals have had their greatest issues against players not named Miles Garrett is on the inside if they have to, there's going to be a one-on-one -on -one in there, right? Hargrave against a struggling left guard for the Bengals in pass protection in Cordell Volson, or Nick Bosa getting one-on-one -on -one against one of these tackles. That's going to happen from time to time. And, and those reps could be pivotal in terms of changing the outcome of the game. 
you you mentioned the 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 matchup up front and it's going to be huge and i just saw this from espn uh advanced stats with their um their passing and run blocking uh grades for teams and right now it's not the strong suit pass protection for either the Bengals and the 49ers and in fact they're back to back ranked Niners 22 Bengals 23 in pass protection this year. So uh there's there's a chance that both of these quarterbacks are are under duress especially if the 49ers aren't throwing uh their their all everything left tackle out there in Trent Williams. Yeah, I mean and is there anybody that you feel good about Croc on that San Francisco offensive line besides Trent Williams? I feel like Aaron Banks, he's been pretty consistent. He had a really good 2022 season uh, especially being a guy who essentially redshirted as a, a rookie. Matter of fact, no second round pick from his class played less snaps than him his rookie season. Or the only person that did was uh, the quarter, Kyle Trask <laughs> out of Florida who was drafted to Tampa Bay. And obviously they had Tom Brady there and he was behind Blaine Gabbard. So uh, Aaron B- B- Banks was a guy who just did not play. And then last year he played very well. And I think this year he's picked up where he left off last year. So between him and maybe Jake Brendel, a guy who was a Pro Bowl alternate, uh, those three guys you're confident with. Now, the right side of the offensive line can be the bigger issue. Spencer Burford, uh, year two for him at right guard. Uh, he's a guy who was originally a guard at UTSA, went to that uh, tackle position, played that for the last few years, and then now for the 49ers playing right guard. They had him rotating last year with Daniel Brunskill throughout the year. It was kind of odd, something you typically don't see on the offensive line. And then you have Colton McKivitz now on the at right tackle in replace of Mike McGlinchey, and he's had his ups and downs, his struggles as well. So the right side of the 49ers offensive line is probably a big part of weighing that pass protection grade down. And, yeah. and a big part of the Bengals' success in the past rush is Trey Hendrickson. But Trey Hendrickson is going to align exclusively over the left tackle. If not exclusively, it's going to be 99% over the left tackle. So that, if Trent is is ready to go and is able to play, that's a, a good strength-on-strength strength matchup there. But the, the left side of the Bengals' defensive line that will be on the right side of the 49ers' offensive line, not the pass-rushing strength, still very good players, right? But it's Trey Hendrickson is a guy that's winning on his own. And is the flashy, you know, top end Bosa light version kind of guy for for the Bengals. He's not talked about as a top pass rusher, but is one of the more productive pass rushers in the NFL this year. Could be leading the league in sacks, if not for penalties, uh, away from him that didn't really impact the play. So I think that will be interesting. You could have strength on strength on the left side if Trent can go. And on the right side, maybe something that, that masks the 49ers weakness there is the Bengals are not quite as strong getting after the rusher on that side. And when you look at the 49ers offensive line, especially in pass protection, having Trent Williams out there helps you to play up because then you can chip and you can help other places and you know they're rock solid on the left side. And, you know, if you don't have him out there, you potentially, you know, don't have that that uh, ability to help the rest of the line play up and, and exposes, you know, maybe some weaknesses that are there. And the 49ers offensive line is a better run blocking group than they are a pass blocking group guys like Spencer Burford better run blocker than the pass blocker I think it's probably the same for um, a few of those 49ers offensive linemen and in fact uh, looking at those composite rankings from ESPN for run block ratings the uh, the Bengals consistent still at number 20 there a little better run block pass block the Niners are second in the entire NFL there and that, that, that's surprising for me a little bit the Bengals being that high that their run oh, really? game has been rough to say the least because, I mean, if you think about what the 49ers game plan is going to be now, especially knowing that Brock Purdy, their quarterback's in concussion protocol, and you already were without Debo, and you might be without 
uh, without Trent Williams, I mean, the best way to slow down a pass rush is, is to get a run game going. And Christian McCaffrey's healthy. He's going to play. Uh, he played through pain last week. He looks like he's practicing. He's going to do the same this week. So, I mean, expect a lot of McCaffrey, a lot of number 23, a lot of ground game early for the 49ers. And, and, um, and, and so that's going to be task number one, I think, for the Bengals. Big DJ Reader game for the Bengals. DJ Reader, one of the best run defenders in the league when he's on the field. The Bengals on-off splits and run defense with DJ Reader are staggering. So whether the 49ers can take advantage of the Bengals' backups on the interior defensive line, which is a hot topic because they're not playing well, that, that could, again, talk about things that could turn the game. I'm looking at like when when some of these key guys are off the field, how do those plays go? How, how, how do some of these key one-on-ones go on key downs? Do they lead to turnovers? Do they lead to big plays? I mean, for a game that could be tight, especially with some of these injuries for San Francisco, I think that you, you're talking about margins like that. DJ Reader, one of the most underrated players maybe in the entire NFL. Love me some, I love me some nose tackles. They don't get enough love, so I'm glad you brought up DJ Reader, Jake. All right, next, I'm going to let Croc tell the story of how the San Francisco 49ers win this football game. Uh, some more matchups to look for here, maybe even make some predictions for Week 8. Next. Today's crossover episode is brought to you by, and by the way, all of the lines we reference, five and a half currently. I wonder if that might change with the latest news of Brock Purdy. Niners favored by five and a half points on FanDuel, America's number one sports book and a special offer for our listeners right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on that first $5 bet at FanDuel. And then you can use those 200 in betting uh, spreads, player props, over-unders. I like me some parlays. I like to up the ante and potentially get a bigger return. And you can do that, build your own parlays at FanDuel. Tons of ways to bet NFL action. Uh, there are futures bets. You can bet on the, the trade deadline. You can bet on the draft at FanDuel. And, of course, uh, NBA season getting going now, NHL season and World Series baseball. By the way, guys, is there any better month on the sporting calendar and maybe the weather calendar? I, I just love me some October Halloween. Best, uh, the best in my in my opinion, the best holiday uh, of the year too. So uh, go celebrate October and everything going on in the sports world at FanDuel.com/slash locked on. And again, you can get those two hundred and bonus bets for new customers. Again, FanDuel.com/slash locked on. FanDuel official partner of. The NFL. Folks, don't get caught unprepared. The Jace case by Jace Medical is there to help you and your family in case of an emergency. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. Uh, we've lived through a pandemic recently. There's been fires in Hawaii. Uh, we've got hurricanes coming through. Uh, Mexico right now. There is uh, hurricane season tornadoes in uh, certain parts of the country. And uh, maybe you're just potentially on a, on a vacation with your family and you don't have cell service. Do you have the medication that your family might need? And with Jace Medical in the Jace case, you can customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your family's unique Needs And of course, we have a special offer for our listeners here from jacemedical.com. Enter code locked on at checkout for $20 discount on your order. You can buy a gift card for family or loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Just go to jacemedical.com. Enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. 
That's promo code locked on at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. All right. It is time to, it's story time, guys, is what this is right now. Croc, I'm going to go to you first. And I want you to, to tell me what kind of a story that we're gonna that we're gonna live through on Sunday if the 49ers w- win this game. What is the path to victory for the 49ers against the Cincinnati Bengals? If the 49ers are gonna win this game on Sunday, is going to try to limit the explosive playability of Jamar Chase. And that's something that many teams have tried, oftentimes have failed. We saw the Minnesota Vikings get behind the 49ers. 49ers are a team that typically don't give up the explosive plays. So maybe they go to a little bit more too high, try to keep everything underneath. And, you know, we heard Jake talk about how the Cincinnati Bengals are now taking those uh, opportunities when given. Uh, But I think for the 49ers, that's what you're going to have to do. Force them to kind of, I don't even want to use the word dink and dunk, but take the underneath passes, try to limit the run after catchability of Jamar Chase. And, of course, don't let Joe Mixon have his way. I know they've kind of strayed away from really being consistent in the run game or giving him a lot of opportunities per game. Like 49ers, they're not going away from handing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. Cincinnati Bengals, they will kind of get away from that with Joe Mixon just a little. So if you can kind of make the Cincinnati Bengals one-dimensional with how many weapons they have, that is tough. If you can do that and you can limit the big plays – I think that's the path for the 49ers to walk out of there with a victory. Jake, what do you think? What uh, What's this path of victory for the for the Bengals against the 49ers? How do you see this going? I just wanted to quickly comment on, on some of what Croc's saying. I, I think he's he's pretty correct about a lot of what he's saying there. The Bengals have not been a team that's been dynamic downfield this year. I mean, even 10-plus yards down the field. They're not even hitting the intermediate part of the field this year. And as far as Joe Mixon, this is just simply not a run-first team. He, he's a change-up really that the run game is a change up. And a lot of times a lot of their run plays or RPOs or Burroughs pulling the ball and getting it to the perimeter anyway. But as far as the Bengals path to victory here, one, I think turnovers, especially if Sam Darnold is playing, getting disruptive for the offense is a big factor. Getting some guys to contribute at a bit of a higher level on offense, T Higgins, Er Smith Jr. Getting those guys to step up, play a little bit better could be pivotal in this game because it has been Jamar Chase and Famine for the most part for this offense, and and that is not the way that they're constructed. But Burrow playing better is a big factor too. He started out great in week six against the Seattle Seahawks, and then the entire offense evaporated. They're very frustrated with that, so if they're going to come out and win in this game, they'll have sorted out some protection issues. Joe Burrow will be playing better. The complementary weapons will be playing better. But a big factor in all of this to me is the game script. Like many teams in the NFL, and I think this is exaggerated this year, and I don't mean script as in a play script. I mean script as in who's leading the game early. When when the Bengals are ahead, that's been something that has gone very well for them. When they've been behind and, and teams can tee off, that's made their life very difficult. And I think when you get these Shanahan offenses, that's exaggerated, that's magnified because you can't lean as hard. I know they're going to continue to hand the ball to McCaffrey, but you can't lean on it quite as hard. You can't lean on the play action as hard. Saw that against Seattle last week for the or in, in week six for the Bengals where they want to be a heavy play action run team and, and they couldn't quite do that. And when Geno Smith had to just be a drop back passer, the Bengals pass rush won. The Bengals were be, were able to create some turnovers off of that in some key spots. So Ben don't break on defense, turnover stuff, game script, I think are all massive factors in this game. And the Bengals have played this style of game now several times this year. 
this coverage family on defense, this Shanahan tree on offense. The Bengals have seen this numerous times now. And so it's another test for them as they finish up their tour of the AFC West. T, uh, no downfield passing game for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's one of the more surprising things because, yeah. I mean, over the last couple of years, and I know there was a time, I want to say last year early on, where teams were playing a lot of too high, playing back, making them throw the ball short. But they started to get kind of back to being able to hit Jamar Chase downfield or hit T. Higgins. But that hasn't been something this year. That's That's pretty interesting. I- I think a lot of it is Burrow. Burrow has not looked remotely himself. He's been one of the bottom third quarterbacks in the NFL this year, like bottom 33%. And they're built around a quarterback who's going to play at an extremely high level in a drop back passing game, right? It's it's a very different offense. What you're going to see the Bengals do compared to what the 49ers do on offense, you couldn't get more schematically disparate, even though they both kind of come from the same predecessors. It's, it's a totally different approach to, to running offense, right? And so when your quarterback, who you've built your offense around, relying on him to play at an elite level, isn't playing at an elite level, it's going to look pretty bad. And I think that's a lot of what it's been so far. But if he's feeling better, has gotten the gotten the reps he needs to feel good with these receivers, that the receivers can play a little bit better because they've let him down a little bit too besides Jamar Chase, then you could see some of that come back. But right now, 10-plus yards down the field for Joe Burrow in this offense. You look at the numbers, they're not very pretty. I'm really interested to see what Steve Wilkes has, the new defensive coordinator for the 49ers, because uh, I think they're going back to the drawing board a little bit this week, and uh, they want to get home with four. Uh, Nick Bosa's being asked, how come you guys got near zero sacks after the game last week? He can't like that. So uh, it might get a little angry, angry Bosa. Uh, in Santa Clara on Sunday against uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals, so they got to get pressure up front so they can help out their guys on the back end and have more guys in coverage and have guys over the top of, of Jamar Chase. That's that's super important to me. That, that's and, number one. And Wilkes did see the Bengals last year in Joe Mixon's best game of the year when he was with the Panthers. So Mixon went crazy against the Panthers by far his best game last year. And of course, you got Brandon Allen in that QB room, and he knows the Bengals offense pretty well. Was a backup for the Bengals last year or for the last couple of years. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see the, the, the chess match there, but trenches are, are a huge part of this game to me, the, the three-headed monster that San Francisco presents and the challenges the Bengals have had in protection. And, and can the offense get unstuck? If they can't against this defense, I'll feel much better about the Bengals the rest of the year. Well, the Vikings definitely did against this defense. <laughs> I mean, man, yeah. The, saw that the, coming. The, the, they got some things to figure out this week, and it sounds like both these teams are kind of front runners. So whoever scores first might be the team that uh, that wins this one. So uh, very important from kickoff on Sunday. It'll be fun. Can't wait. Jake, uh, appreciate you as always. Always fun doing these crossovers. Make sure you guys are subscribed to Locked On Bengals and Locked On 49ers your team every stinking day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, we'll both be back with you guys tomorrow right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.